Hey, James here. It's a new year with so many new things on the horizon. And while many things change, one thing has stayed the same for me and all of us here at Live to Die, how much we all appreciate each and every one of you listeners. This show continues to be possible because of each and every one of you that take the time each week to tune in and listen to our little adventure. So thank you from all of us so darn much. You already do everything we could ask by taking the time to listen to a podcast about a handful of people playing a Pathfinder game. But for some reason, if you've done that and you still want to do more, you can reach out, catch us on social media, email us at live to die podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think or just connect. You also can rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. Follow us on our social media accounts. Share this show with people who you think might like it. Remember to be respectful. And if you really, really, really want to do something more, you can support us on Patreon, where we share behind-the-scenes conversations and other recordings. We have some early playthroughs of the TUI beginner box that we use to like test out our equipment and kind of get settled into the game for us. And we're almost done releasing a four-episode actual play adventure arc of Pathfinder 2nd Edition that takes part in a different part of the River Kingdoms on our Patreon. So, We've got all of that, and additionally, as a part of our Patreon, each month we shout out one supporter at the called shot tier or higher. This month, that's Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. We really appreciate your support, feedback, and, and really all that you have to share with everyone. Support from you and other patrons has helped us make this show, keep it going, and start to look at how we can do a little bit more, like some of those extra episodes. So if you want to, check us out at www.patreon.com slash live to die pod. That's www.patreon.com slash live to die pod. Thank you so darn much. Be nice, roll dice, and enjoy this week's episode of Live to Die. Roll dice, be nice, and stay tuned. This is the Live to Die podcast. So I will say that I prepared for recording this weekend. I tried to at least. I picked out a shirt. Because I always try to have a shirt that foreshadows things that might be coming in the adventure. I've been oh, trying to figure no. it out the whole time. <laughs> That's the, not good at the all. Beware of dog. <laughs> it's Green Room. <laughs> the movie? I haven't seen Green Room, so I yeah, don't know either. what to expect. Uh, I don't even want to tell you. Is that, that Angry Patrick Stewart? It's Angry Patrick That's Stewart. Scary enough. You're going to fight yep. Jean-Luc Picard? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. He's a big, bad, very bad villain in that movie. And uh, it does not go well for anyone involved. Let me just say that when I was prepping the Stag Lords for it, I'm like, kind of has a green room vibe. There's some cool stuff there. Shane's face, excellent right now. A little bit good. of, I smelled something bad mixed with why. I just, <laughs> it, it's one of the, do you know, um, like one of those movies that you watch and you're like the experience of having watched it, you're kind of like, I feel like I need to take a shower after watching this because mm. I feel so gross and sad. Like yeah. seven? Worse, I would say. It's pretty it's bad. It's worse than the way you feel after seven? Yeah. 
It's wow. pretty bad. <laughs> friend wow. Of, friend of the cast, Ryan, just watched it the other night and I yeah. was texting him about it. Yeah. It was funny because Ryan actually texted James and was like, I'm about to start Green Room because James, it's a great movie, but it's like awful to watch. It's a brutal and James, thriller. Yeah. Like James thriller. recommends it to a lot of people. And so <laughs> <laughs> he had recommended it to Ryan and Ryan texted James and was like, what, what should I prepare for? Like sitting down to watch this movie. And James was like, it's amazing. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. And I text Ryan and was like, don't listen to a thing James says. It's horrible. And he was like, this is sending me right now. Because it's like, it's just exactly the like way in which James and I are different in the things we watch of like, it's a great movie that leaves you feeling very bleak and terrible. And James loves it. And I'm more of a like... <laughs> Jane and Jane, you know. Jason and James just high fived. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just have a good time. We're just here to have fun. <laughs> it's it's an interesting. It's a movie that like I think technically and deserves to be in the horror canon, but there isn't anything about it that is supernatural in the slightest. It is a the thing that is terrifying is people, and it is a movie that has an elevated level of tension and horror because both sides in the movie make good as good as possible in horrible situation decisions. So there isn't the relief of like, well, that was dumb. We saw that. Like the whole movie is gut-wrenching tension. And I watched it because James was like, it's really good. And also the the villain, like the bad guy in it is Captain Picard. It's Patrick Stewart and Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I was like, how bad can it be if it's Patrick Stewart? The answer is really fucking bad. There's <laughs> another side to Patrick Stewart that most people yeah. don't get to see. Yeah, it's and fun. it's like, I also thought that even if his character was like really terrifying and scary, I wouldn't be scared because I would just see Picard. And I was like, absolutely not. Like he has a really convincing and terrifying villain side. Yeah, for sure. He. It, it's great to see people who are like super charismatic play horrible mm -hmm. villains and do it well. Anyway. Like Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. iconic villain, mm -hmm. but he's sort of like this point iconically known for being a yeah. good villain actor. Like, I don't think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Sir Patrick Stewart, the iconic villain actor. Uh, similarly, all the all the people that listen to this podcast now, people are going to say that. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's because mm -hmm. of us. I'll say because Jane and I recently finished uh, Fall of the House of Usher. Mm -hmm. um, Mark Hamill is phenomenal in that show. That's to the point in which, like, mm -hmm. I mentioned it to my coworkers, and they're like, "Wait, Mark Hamill's in it?" I'm like, "Oh, that's character." Like, I didn't recognize that that was Mark Hamill. So basically, iconic space adventure heroes <laughs> play great old man villains later <laughs> in their career. Cool. <laughs> that actually 100 checks yeah, out. Yeah, that does check out. Um, beside going off the point that maybe the Stag Lord's Fortress is going to be uh, really difficult. Um, I did not prepare for this like jaunt across the plains of like the spider thing, the treasure stuff, but I am so fucking excited. This has come up. This is probably one of the things that has spent the hardest for me as a GM is I'll read through the 200 page chapter, like of hex encounters across this huge map. And in my mind, I'm like, well, how do I get them to go there? How do I get, and I just, I have to know that you will all not go to even a third of them. Mm -hmm. Like already you have all as a group at this point, you could have reasonably been through more than 35 different unique things. And it's, I, ah, it's so hard to get over, but I'm so glad you've hit some of these things. And I'm just curious what your experience of players has been like, like, do you feel like there's a world out there? Like for me, it's so interesting as a GM to see behind the screen and be like, this is everything. What are they hitting? What are they not hitting? Am I doing enough to flush out the world? How has the, the green belt started to feel to all of you who've been here in game now? We're coming up on a month almost, well, three weeks mm -hmm. in real lifetime, better part of this year of us playing Kingmaker. I mean, it definitely looks vast if you like look at the map and know that each of these hexes are 12 miles. Like you could 
you can find a lot of stuff through all this. There's a lot of space, and uh, we, yeah, like you said, we may not hit two thirds of it. So I really keep pointing it out. We'll we'll find it. We'll go get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's the other thing. Is like I'm trying really hard to make sure all of you feel the freedom to go wherever you want, and then let this thing emerge. Like let it be emerging gameplay. So maybe a better question for the sake of banter at the top. What what do you see as the character of your experience in the green belt so far? Because I think my question would also require you to know what's there that you haven't seen a whole lot yet. But how would you characterize? How do you see this part of the the stolen lands that you've so far been in? It feels like being in a western, in Ooh, a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah, like I think if if we were a movie genre, it would definitely be the kind of like exploring the unknown territory. But then also like a couple of the hallmarks of like the natural dangers with the some of the animals that we've encountered and like a spider hole and stuff like that. Uh, but also paired with the human danger of like in a place where there's kind of like no rules and no laws and like everything's a little bit chaos, but there's also kind of these like hierarchies that are going on and little side adventures and stuff. So yeah, I definitely feel like we're playing a fantasy Western right now. Another Star Trek in a way, yeah. sort of a sci-fi Western. Uh, others thoughts what's what's your what's the character i just been? i just want to say for for me um lucky doesn't care about the things that they're missing so much but mm-hmm. but jared wants to see them <laughs> but, yeah but i'm trying to be true to lucky and so like when they're like oh there's a thing uh, a tree with an x by it i'm like this is like we could be walking into a trap like why even <laughs> risk it we know where we need to go we know what we need to do let's do it should definitely uh, go back but jared to was like Oh yeah, you guys go see what that is because I know oh, yeah. I want to know. <laughs> totally. I I did not expect you to split the party. It seemed to have paid off so far. Although who knows what's going yeah, to happen with the cliffhanger? <laughs> uh, Trent, Jason, I think there's a little bit of like exploring new nature is appealing to Nikolai, mm-hmm. but he's not he's not an adventurer per se he's never really even thought of himself as like i'm gonna go he's kind of answering a call or following what he feels like he's being told so it's a little bit of both like it's this is overwhelming but also Mm. i'm out here exploring nature that i've never explored before does this feel like enough of a community yet where you think nikolai is feeling like a bit of a warden of it or is it still feeling like sort of you know bushwhacking into wilderness for no reason i would say the warden aspect of like we've been given the responsibility to take care of this land and as a follower of a he takes that shit seriously so he's going out and you know patrolling the the nature that has been you know there's bandits scary spiders <laughs> stuff that hurt people teammates that throw you into spider dens. teammates that kick you into spider holes <laughs> That kind of stuff. So I, you know, it's, um, don't you forget it. (laughs) I would say that as, especially the more we travel and like fill in the map, the more he feels that warden aspect of like, this is ours. That's cool. And it's not necessarily it's ours, but this is our job. Mm -hmm. Trent? Like the sheriff. Yeah. Of Nottingham. Yeah. Um, I think Arthur specifically has been looking for, a reason to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, he came here with a purpose. That purpose was pretty quickly extinguished in his mind. Yeah. Um, ours too. Yeah. And, oh, uh, rip. yeah. And so I think he, 
I think in his mind, it's like, well, I can get the ring back to them. We can take care of the stag Lord. And then when that's done, he's probably like, I think I just go home. Um, I have to go back to the Knights. And, um, so I'm sure he's like, ah, this is beautiful. And there's all this land, but like, that's not what he's here for, you know? So it's going to be interesting once that whole fort is, you know, taken back over and everything's fine. And the the people out here can live peacefully. Like, I don't know really what he's going to do. Don't worry. Arthur won't survive that. Probably not. <laughs> Probably none of us will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's interesting because I, I realized when you were saying that, Trent, that with, with us moving this, because remember originally this adventure takes place in 47, oh God, uh, I think it's like 4712, maybe, yeah, 4712, I think. And so we're putting it in 47, like 22 or 23, I think mm-hmm. is what we moved it to. That does change the context because it, it's, before that, the there were some of the crusades up north going on. But yeah. at this point, the the world wound has been closed. Now yeah. there's still fucking shit everywhere up there from that. Right. And the, the whispering tyrant has been imprisoned again. So y- your character is almost in a reverse Lord of the Rings, in which like you are in war as your beginning story, and then you have come to someone else's home where like petty warlords and bandit kings have sort of set up and, and sort of changed some of that landscape. Yeah. Uh, Jane, your comment I thought was really interesting because when I was prepping this adventure, I'm a big fan of like reading stuff that gets me in a fun mindset and puts it there. And I will say like, I've been reading some good fantasy stuff and that's just been enjoyable. And I know we've obviously Trent and I were talking about it a lot and it may have bled in that I was reading, uh, the once in future King mm-hmm. His Kingmaker has a lot of it and stuff there. But one of the other pieces that I've watched some episode, I've gone back and rewatched some of my favorite episodes from is Deadwood. Because I, I frankly think that Kingmaker has a lot of like HBO's Deadwood, especially if we're talking about a post-alignment Pathfinder in which you have like characters with just differing edicts and anathema, essentially, and a very frontier sort of environment uh, that's started in a place that, you know, they don't really have a right intrinsically in that show. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that it's whole It's funny, path. too, because there is an episode, and I think I've read the show it before, of the BBC's Musketeers show mm. that's like based on the three Musketeers in a later season where they go to this like small kind of village in the French countryside that's just been getting like robbed by bandits over and over and over again. And all the people that live there are like, there's nothing we can do about this. Like we are just like average people. And like the three musketeers and D'Artagnan like show up and just like kick all the bandits asses because they're, you know, these higher level characters. And so the whole time we were doing this, I was like, Oh, this is literally like, (laughs) that episode like three of us show up and are so much more powerful already that it just makes such a big difference well the stag lord stuff's gonna be a little uphill and who knows honestly who's more powerful here you or this uh these folks who just showed up the new morning at oleg's trading (laughs) post i'm not scared yeah me neither (sighs) so let's let's cut back to that um you know what actually gene we get to hit one of your favorite drops oh yeah let's do it jane's gonna roll no no not that drop (laughs) all right so we have it's just this is the hair rating drop unfortunately you can't see a lot of hair this is just this is just like a head and shoulders illustration but this is the main man 
the one on this page here. Okay, okay. Kind of hot. <laughs> I believe you said he was hot. You got a soul patch. Wait, the guy on the really? left or the right? No, the, the guy, guy on the left. Oh. The guy on this well, page. Did you I like talk about Gary Oldman with a goatee over here. not have a soul patch. You're going to ask James to only have a soul patch? Okay, so talk. Oh, we have a listening audience. Please describe this figure. He does not have a soul patch. It's a shadow. He oh, has okay. a prominent lip then. Does have a, yeah, a hearty jawbone. Yeah, nice chin. Uh, yeah. Dark, Gaston. Dark has a little, yeah. Gaston a little Gaston. Yeah. A little bit of a Kurt Russell look. Ooh, oh, I, I can, can see, see that. With a, see that. A, a nightly um, like a plate helmet, helmet, helmet situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Hair looks like average. Four of ten. Hat hair for sure. Hat Decent hair definitely grass. once that helmet comes off. Probably sweaty and gross. Yeah. He, a little stringy. In addition to the curry, he also kind of gave me a little bit, I don't know, not in visuals, but for some reason in vibe, gave me a little bit of like a Joel Edgerton sort of. Oh, sure. Oh, okay. You already right. cast Oleg as Joel Edgerton. I know. It's apparently how I see all <laughs> Pathfinder Frontiers folk. They're all Joe Egan. <laughs> He's getting a lot of work. Um, but he kind of, you see him get off his horse and he strides over right towards Ari and Lucky. And like with purpose and a little bit of speed. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who are you? Stay back. And he extends his hand. I'm, I'm Keston Garris and I... Oh, like you just informed me that you've done the work we already came out here to do. She looks over at Oleg. Is he like, yes, that's true. I know this guy. And he just sort of shrugs. She, Ari will shake his hand and be like, who are you? I, I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm Keston Yes, Garris. but why, why were you here? Like, who do you work for? Oh, um, the British noble houses that sent me. They, we received word from the trading yeah. post a few weeks ago that they were having issues with bandits and... Myself and uh, these sellswords were dispatched to to come and, and deal with it. But according to Olag, you've you've already taken care of it. But uh, what took you For so long? For the most part, don't mind my friend. We're a little jumpy. No, he he sort of shrugs and looks over you. Bureaucracy, honestly, I just got the orders the other day. We mounted up and came out as soon as I could. Yeah, it's been a non-issue for a week now. Well, <laughs> he sort of looks. Um, Actually, we are in fact going after some additional bandits because there is. Someone here named the Stag Lord, who is apparently at the center of all of this and contributing greatly to the bandit issue around here. And so our job is not quite done if you would like to stick around. Well, I, I have heard of a sort of self-proclaimed bandit king. And you actually sort of see he reaches back yeah. and like pulls a scroll case off and opens the I have have several and he starts leafing through. He's like, well, it sounds like you have, do you have, um, do you have any proof? No, sorry, not, not to doubt, but... And he unfurls like a, a wanted poster signed with the seal of the um, like Southern Brevik houses. And, like, and you can see that it's like wanted um, bandits. Stag killed, <laughs> killed, captured, or otherwise. And he says like, I, I don't see any captives, but do you have um, any proof of what you've accomplished? Uh, we have a whole <laughs> cart of their stuff. Yeah. Didn't we... Amulets, we have amulets. So didn't we take... Uh, we've been taking amulets like dog tags. Yeah. yeah, we've yeah. been taking the amulets, but I also thought that we had something that references the stag lord in particular. No. Like a, I mean, all their amulets um, are a stag's head. Right. Yeah. But I don't think we found, like, unless you brought the journal like, or some shit that I thought has. that there was, like, a letter or something that one of them had mm-hmm. about it. Not even with all that booze? No. I mean, okay. a couple of them have told you, like, different passphrases, which should be different ways. just, like, rumors. I got it. Um, so he'll kind of look and he'll just like record it and you'll see he'll 
take that. He'll see him like sign his mark to it. And then he, he's, he sort of looks over, um, Oleg, right? Did you mind if I, uh, set up and then looks like just sort of shrugs and gestures to the sort of outdoor tables near the cooking pit. And he sort of says, um, um, sorry to really bother all of you, but same bureaucratic shit. Uh, would you mind taking a seat with me for a second and we can do a little paperwork? It, it, it's for payment. It's quite fine. Sure. And so he sits down. He said he, payment. I was okay with it. And so he sort of unravels the rest of this leather scroll case. And there's enough room for like a candle, ink, quill. And he sort of makes a mark and takes note of. He doesn't take them. He just needs to like see evidence. And once you've shown at this point, the uh, adventure says once you have evidence of six defeating six bandits, I think you have far more than six yeah, stag amulets at this six. point. And Ari will say there's been a few that we've encountered who have surrendered peacefully. And upon negotiation, we've let them go. Give me a diplomacy check because he's. He's said to kill their captures. Oh, so he's, he's, that <laughs> he's like, would you like to file 1040 or 1040 easy? Yeah. <laughs> it's a 17 on we'll the diplomacy. Um, yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, he's like, uh, he sort of looks at you. Look, I don't I don't want to do, I don't want to do much more paperwork and I, I don't know you, but if they're not going to cause problem, then it literally is solved. And frankly, there's, Less bloodshed and less de- less shit to deal with. Well, you know, you never know, but I mean, it seemed like something that we weren't going to kill someone who was actively surrendering, and it they didn't seem threatening enough. My friend here has some feelings about it, but it didn't <laughs> seem threatening enough to us to... If they cause a problem again, we'll just stop it then. We're planning to stay here for the long if haul. If you express me te- expressly tell me that it's more beneficial to kill them, then we will do that. And he, he so he looks over at like at the sort of cell swords, and so you see that he does have like I imagine like some sort of like minimalistic tabard or maybe like a, a belt that does have some of the colors of the noble houses, but the other folks do just look like mercenaries. And he sort of looks over at them and looks at you and he's like, "Look, the problem is what they were doing, not who they are." And looks over at them, who people were before and what they're doing. It's just no longer causing a problem. Everyone has some things they aren't proud of. And he gets quiet when he says that for a second. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's like, so look, obviously it's not what what that is. It's not what the nobles would have asked for, but I don't know that they have the best take or perspective on things like this. It's the real world. And if someone's making a living by hurting others one day and helping the next, well then rather take help from someone who's there than not have it from someone who's not. Sure. Exactly. He sort of looks, he's like, I don't know you, but if I hear a problem and I'll come to you and you tell me otherwise, well, then I may have reason to tell something to my superiors, but frankly, it sounds like it's easier for all of us around if your solution sticks. Ari's like, I'm Ariadna Vex. Ariadna Vex. Sounds, anyway, pleasure to meet you. And looks over to you, sir. Lucky. <laughs> it certainly is my lucky day, the way this is going. Um, maybe it's even more, and he's sort of like... Hot? <laughs> <laughs> you see I kind of rifle through a couple of other things. Look, I don't I'm not gonna ask for too much luck in one day, but I also have any unfurls like two more posters, essentially, like two more pieces that are written. And one says, uh and he he will so he so he does wrap up the bandit stuff and he like tears a bottom part off. He has two parts with the seal and his mark, one on the poster that will be sent back okay. to the Lords, and one that you'll keep essentially as a receipt for what the men find. He said Look, it'll be a bit, I, I apologize, it should be about a week or so, but it gets here. But it'll be a 30 gold reward, if you want to mark down that in a week's time, 30 Excellent. gold for the bandits. And uh, 30 XP. Um, he rolls out two more posters, and one is um, sort of a crude illustration of a kobold with sort of silhouettes behind it. 
Um, and it just basically is saying that uh, the Sutscale kobolds have been riled up and like there have been more and more like kobolds and sort of other aggressions. And it just sort of says like either resolve the kobold threat or kill the kobolds. Um, interesting you should bring that up. And she'll pull out Char Tucky's uh, well, I don't know if I want to admit to that. Uh, do we have anything besides his notebook from, like, showing that we settled that conflict? Mm, let me look. I'll just say, like, we interacted with them, we helped stop the cause of their war and all their strife, and, uh, I think that you won't be having much of a problem with them anymore. Um, give me another diplomacy check. As you are sort of like, and keep in mind, like, this is sort of like a camp, like a wooden, almost like picnic style table. And I, I like the idea, like, this is a very frontiers conversation. You have Olog's house on one side, the bunkhouse on the other, the barn behind you. And you know who's in that barn? Oh, the, the horsey. <laughs> Claptrap. Claptrap. Claptrap the mule. <laughs> and the two of you are just sitting there with man. The other self-swords are like already having like a pint of something in the morning from one of the few kegs. Like, I just like, look, I, um... 20, you, 21 you, diplomacy. You're, um, Ari and, and Ariadne Vex and, and Lucky, you're the ones that, um, the Sword Lords sent with the, the charter, right? Yes. yes, that's us. Do you, and I don't mean to, like, I don't mean to insult you, but do you, do you have it? Yes. We pull it out. And he sort of looks up and down. I assume it's with the rest of our stuff. Yeah, I think you would probably have that. I assume Lucky has everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he sort of looks because Jared wagon. takes all the notes. It's on the way. <laughs> and so, like, you are to some extent operating with some connection to Jamandi Ardul. And he's like, "Look, you are in this capacity, at least, agents of um, of Aldori. So, uh, is your word as such? You know, he, like he, what he doesn't go on to say that is sort of implied is that like if he finds out you're lying, the blowback's really shitty. But like he, you've shown proof of the bandits. You say that you've dealt with the kobolds. He's like, well, and same process. Seal plants the ring from sort of the, the generic noble houses signet tears off your receipt. Same thing. It'll be about a week. This one's going to be worth 40 gold when it shows up. Great. What I will say is these writs made out to you. You can preemptively make them, uh, write them over to Oleg who will either okay. take them as currency because they will basically show up here until they know where else to go. Or I think he's mentioned that he can place orders on your behalf. And so you can basically leave the writs to sort of say, like, collect what's owed for me out of, or, out of special orders you're placing and collect it out of that. Some as IOUs, it shows up. huh? Kind of mean, like, it's, it's not quite it's a, like a bank writ. Um, actually, you know what? Let's say that. It's, it's sort of a double seal. I forgot that there is an agency of that. So it's, it's sealed twice over, and it's, it's sealed with noble houses, but it's made out through um, the god of the first vault. It's, it's sort of Abdar connected, and, like... These oh, okay. payments shall be made under the in the name of Abadar, the god of like laws, deals, and money. Because like yeah, so there's sort of writs. You have to have like the right name and things. But Olag is willing to like sort of take it on, and this guy knows Olag. And he rolls out a third poster. He's like, right, I'm I'm lucky. I, I don't think I'm I'm lucky enough to go three for three in one day. And he plants it down. And there's this almost monstrous illustration of a boar. And it just says, wanted tusk gutter. <laughs> uh, yeah, can't say we've seen that one. Yeah, no. It's like, oh, you know, it is a... And you, it, it, Didn't it's we, a, or like we saw something go by and we just let it pass? A bear once. Was it not? Have we not seen a boar? I don't or, think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but it's, even as you say, like, tusk gutter, one of the, uh, one of the sales swords kind of walks over. Oh, fuck. Finally put a price on his head, eh? 
What what exactly is this thing? Oh fuck! Every every hunter in the green belt has a story about tusk gutter. It's the nastiest boar from the woods to the mountains. Whoever manages to kill it's gonna get quite the reputation in addition to that reward. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Oh right, it is from Benzin, and you see that like this reward is sort of commissioned by one Veckel Brenzin, and this Salzburg's like what? Lost his leg to that monster of a pig more than a year ago. Took it clean the fuck off. It's a, it's a fucking spell and a half that he didn't take the other leg with him. I'd hmm. say he walks with a limp, but he barely walks at all. Hmm. And so you see that there Darn. is a wanted ah. poster here to deliver Tusk Gutter's head to Olox so that Veckel, uh, they can be delivered to Veckel. Um, the wonders never cease around here. This is... And so this, this one has a little bit less of a reward. The reward here is um, magical arrows and a uh, to share in the roast. Like this hunter, who is quite a well-known like cook, is also like going to, like wants the head, at least the head, if you can, the body, and will prepare it and share like parts of the meat, like quite a bit of meat and quite good meat. I was going to say, if he just wanted the head, I'd be like, we just got a shitload of food. Yeah. And so that, but, and so Keston's like, well, if you don't have it, then Olog. And Olog kind of looks over at him. He's like, is there a place? He's like, yeah, sure. So he tacks it up uh, on the side of the bunkhouse, kind of on the way in. Leaves it up and sends the other two back. Well, shit. Pleasure meeting both of you, then. Yeah, you too. Are you out here often? Um, It's been a little bit since I've I've been out here. I um, just doing a little bit of work. In uh, Southern Brevoy a few weeks ago, and then some shit happened. And, uh, well. What happened? Yeah, you, had, you led on this one. Wouldn't you assist Jane on diplomacy from Lucky? I rolled a 19, so you're good. And what's your Nine. assist? Okay, total with the bonus? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's no bonus. Uh, what's your total? Is it 19? Oh, I sorry. I thought you said I was assisting. No, you're your primary since you asked. Uh, for diplomacy, that is a 26. Well, I, uh, want some personal shit, which I'm not going to burden you with, but, uh, Thank you. Unlike that alchemist. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. a couple of months ago, I was, uh, I was doing a job with, a uh, Varician who was out here, uh, another sellsword of the sort, but we, uh, were moving goods, escorting nobles, um, you know, the usual sort of work. And you kind of are picking up that this guy is probably someone who's out of good standing, probably is somehow related to a minor noble family, but is out of good standing. And so just has like in enough with like basically decent enough work that like would be sort of like a well, well success career for someone who doesn't have the connections, but for him it's just sort of like he's there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the normal nobility Nepo shit. Yeah. Um, but you do, you were, you were guessing that like, if he's on this particular run, he must've then additionally pissed someone off or done something. Right, right. And so as he relates to you this story, which I'll kind of give you some bullet points of, it's clear that what he's saying is within the normal bounds of work. So he has done something to probably personally piss someone off. And that's why he's out here in the frontier now. Mm. But he basically goes on to tell you that he was working with a Varician noble uh, a couple of months ago. Um, an older gentleman by the name of Falgrim Sneeg. <laughs> who quite the name despite hiring as like sort of hired help on a mission like this turned robbed the whole group he was a part of protecting and fled out here into oh, the green belt and so he's sort of like of oh, the benefits you've seen of it he sort of describes like an older man with like a 
thicker beard, gray hair, sort of, um, sort of deal. And seeing like, does that, does that ring a bell for any of you? Like, uh, any of the bandits you've seen look anything like? And have we, have an we? old man, you say, isn't there an old man being held captive by the stag's oh. Well, I mean, I guess that's a bit pejorative. No, he's not like old, old. Um, he's just a bit, a bit older. Um, He's probably, cause like this guy's probably in his like mid thirties and he's like, he's probably another, he's got a decade or so on me. Just, you know, gray starting to show, which is noteworthy when you make a living by the blade as it is. Either you're really good by that point or you're usually dead and he seems somewhere in the middle. But Verissian, Verissian, what you know they are, the wanderers, you'll see them everywhere and you come from interesting, interesting backgrounds, those. Does it look like anybody we've seen? Or does no. it sound like anyone we've doesn't seen? doesn't sound like no. anyone you've seen. Most of the bandits you've dealt with are on the younger side, for sure. Well, no, but we'll keep an eye out. I appreciate it. Um, honestly, uh, we've been sort of told to set up here and act as a little bit of security if we can. Um, so as long as there's places to rent or room to pitch tents on the nearby, we'll, we'll be in this area. So you can look for me here or always send word back to, uh, to Brevoy. If you do find something, I take it as a personal favor. I know you want. Yeah, this is kind of the place. Yeah. He's like, look, and even then, on addition to what I owe you, I, I know that there's quite a few who still have a hankering for him to come to any sort of punishment. If you can get him back to me alive, I can uh, can probably call in a bit of a favor on that. Look, if it's dead, I can probably get you something, but if it's alive, I can probably triple it. Well, There are those who'd be willing to open up the family armories a little bit and kind of let them bleed out in the name of revenge. We're quite capable, so... Sure. We'll keep that in mind. I'll take it as a favor. Our two other friends should be arriving any time now. And it's at that moment you say it, that <laughs> riding up on horseback is Arthur and Nikolai sort of sauntering into town. Don't mind uh, the one in the knight outfit. He's a little weird, but... Uh, he's also not a knight, so don't worry. Yeah, he's not a knight. I don't know why he wears that all the time. I don't know. The hat is like so... Do you think he wore that like... Does he ever take it off? Does he take it? Does he wear it when he sleeps? No, I don't know. You say to the man who's also <laughs> in full plate armor with a helmet on, he's just sitting there awkwardly like, is this play about us? <laughs> <laughs> That's a dated reference. Um, but he sort of stands up. This is the rest of your company then. Yes. Are they also, uh, this is uh, Arthur Monmouth, not a knight, and Nikolai... Medved. Medved. <laughs> that is a noble house name, right? Yes. And he sort of walks up Medved. Monmouth would be as well. He probably wouldn't know Monmouth because yeah, this sure. guy's kind of local, but yeah. you're um, all one of the Machado groups from uh, the Adoris, right? Yes. Mm. Sort of extends a hand and like, just like genuine, like I've been uh, talking with the rest of your company here and we've already got the Ritz heading back to Brevoy under, um, oh fuck, got it, uh, under like, under Abdar Ritz. There should be money coming from your work. Seems like you beat most of us to it, so I think we'll be out here on sort of stationary patrol for a bit, but mm. it's a real pleasure to meet you both. Your armor is shiny. <laughs> Where well, do you normally patrol? I normally do work back in, in Brevoy for the houses, but I'm I'm out here now. Okay. Jared's just giving me <laughs> side eye. I want to no, know his backstory so bad. Well, so Would it's... Nikolai have heard of this guy before? Uh, you know what... What's your society? Do you have, do you have a, a lore that might be more specific? Or otherwise, I'll do society. I have. No, it's hunting lore. I have so. geography lore. I <laughs> have courtly graces, so I can make an impression on him with uh, by by being a noble. So we'll come back to that in a second. Yeah. Do, you, do you have society? Yeah, five. What, okay. Uh, yeah, you 
Snow you do recognize this guy's <laughs> name. He is, uh, da, 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 da. honestly didn't think I was going to. So he's a member of one of the noble houses, but like sort of in, in name only. Um, you will, you do remember hearing hints of a scandal that sort of first oh. forced him to become a mercenary. Now he's been getting a lot of good work as a merc associated with the families because they do kind of know him. But yeah, you're like, oh, that's right. You did hear a little bit. Um, yeah, you got a critic. So you actually do recall hearing that there was an affair between Keston Svetlana. and a woman <laughs> named Tanya, a weaver's daughter who wasn't noble. And he was sort of exiled from nobility. Um a, his father, a cousin of the, the Garris family patriarch, because Garris is one of the noble families of Brevoy, uh, his dad's cousin basically exiled and disowned him. And so he fled to Restov, which is the southern southern part of Brevoy, which is where all you are from, he fled to Restov and has been working as a mercenary. And then sort of when there was an opportunity to actually work for some noble families again, seems to have volunteered or... You know, you got to gather he's like trying to do work for one good people, maybe get his name back in good standing. Okay. Mm. So you would have heard that through the rumor mill. Um, yeah. Because he's kind of hot. Mm. Well, Joe, uh, Joe Charles, Nikolai, <laughs> knowing that he's a homewrecker is a little bit like no, no, so you're, eyeing him up and down. Your thought there isn't so much that it was intrinsically a homewrecker as it was he was in a relationship with someone of a much lower standing and the family didn't oh. like His family's that. just an asshole. So he did it for love. Yeah. You don't know. Then I like him a lot. It could have just been like a fun thing. Who knows? But it, regardless, or maybe who knows how, maybe there was something about it that became public. You don't have those details. Okay. You just know that uh, it was some, some shit. Okay. And he's been, you'd heard that there was, because like, not that you were disowned, but like in a similar position of like a minor, not even a scion, like a minor mm-hmm. relation of a noble family with a noble in name only. Yeah. So, very sort of similar situation. Um, what would you all like to do? It's, it's morning of this day. Um, you you vaguely know the direction and location of the Stag Lord's Fort. You could buy a shovel. Um, Can he come with us? <laughs> no, he's specifically stationed to help like defend, because this is a trading post that allows for I mean, information it, things to at flow. At least it relieves us of the, like, what if we leave and then somebody comes along and yeah. kills them? Yeah. Uh, uh, what, don't you guys if, have something you want to give Svetlana? Oh, yes. A lady. <laughs> I would say, I'm, if is Svetlana out there? Yeah, um, her and Olug are like always sort of fixing and working things up and, and kind of taking inventory. They're actually reworking, re-inventory and clean some of the stuff that Lucky redistributed to them. As a part of that, uh, Olog didn't say it, but uh, Svetlana made it clear to both of you that like you have free stay here whenever you'd okay. like. Dope. So Great. You Nikolai will shake gave that. them so much money of like trade goods that to them is a livelihood. Dope. That's good. So Nikolai will shake that guy's hand, but then yeah, he's going to move towards where Oleg and Svetlana are. Yeah. And, and cause like these are paying cause like Garrus, um, and the three cell swords are like paying customers. So they're just like moving out some morning fare and some food and some watered down like wine or mead. And the cell swords are, you know, they're setting up, they're playing, they're probably playing a game of cards and just like getting breakfast. And so they're just kind of working the, I think probably, um, Olag is like working on both like breakfast and like starting to cook something for like starting a long-term smoker cook for dinner. 
And uh, Svetlana is sort of getting some of that done and taking some inventory. So I'll walk up to Svetlana, but on my way, I'll say like, uh, hello, Oleg. And he sort of looks up and like gives a genuine smile and like, it's like a, a strong nod. And I'll Just, reach in you. my pocket like as he's looking at me and I'll go to Svetlana and say, is this the ring you are missing? And like she instantly like tears up a little bit. It's just like this big smile on her face. And oh, like like sets one and of the I plates. Throw it into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he comes over and and like she's like tearfully kind of putting it on. He's like, oh, it's just a piece of metal. And she's like, it's it means so much. And he just looks at her like, thank you, thank you for what you've done. Yes, it really certainly. means means the world. And so in yes, you're right. There's another quest. Let me find that fucking oh. quest, John. Um. Svetlana's ring. Although, see, um, 50 gold in trading post credit. Mm, nice. Hell yeah. Great. Which, remember, you can also use for special orders. We need a shovel. Here is um, your ring. Can we have a shovel? You have a plus one shovel. <laughs> I'm going to say, do you guys spend... <laughs> we actually, we have a, a character in another game who has that exact thing. He nice. uses the stats of a quarterstaff, and awesome. it's a gravedigger shovel. Yeah, that's awesome. However, it's noteworthy. They are level 13 now. Yeah. And he still only has a plus one on it, and it keeps using it in combat. Not a striking rune, just a plus one. <laughs> and, and hitting. Yes. Nice. And we're like, oh, he's going to do seven points of damage yeah. at level 13. Okay. <laughs> um, how much longer do you spend here today, broadly? Oh, I think we the would just like, turn around and set out, right? Oh. No, I think we would stay, <laughs> uh, I think we would like, stay and recoup. Go. I just I think we would take a day to yeah. repurpose runes if we oh, can. Oh yeah, get those. Oh moved yeah, over. sure. That's true. Okay, so then I, here's a couple of things. I'm going to give you some details today. Shit. You do so you'll have 50 gold pieces in trading post credit. Okay. Um, I'll also give you some more XP for that. You also throughout the day you get two other. These are extremely side side quests, but if you want to record it, because um, I think these are fun little bits of extra character. Oleg's trophy is one side quest. It says, the way everyone talks about tatzelverms, one might think they're everywhere. This isn't the case. They're actually quite rare. A tatzelverm head would be a great conversation piece at Oleg, so he's promised a reward to anyone who can deliver one. Hmm. Anyone who's able to slay a tatzelworm and bring back its head intact, he will have um, five lover's knots, which is a like small t- magical item. Additionally, hmm. um, Svetlana had sort of come over to probably Nikolai, because I think she's he's the one that she probably has the, the most of a rapport with. And she said that, like, look, Oleg's been under so much stress lately, and she really wants to, like, try to do something nice for him. And she knows that, like, one of his favorite dishes is this soup, but it, it needs moon radishes, to, mm. and it's sort of a rare ingredient. The nearest patch is about 16 miles south, but, like, it's not like she has had time to go, like, venture 16 miles out. So if you can bring a basket full of moon radishes... Um, She's like, look, it's not much, but it would mean a ton, and like, we'll get some other value out of it. She's offering fifteen gold to uh, for a whole like collection of this crop because okay. they'll also preserve and sell some in different ways. Have you ever had squirrel on a stick? <laughs> it's very squirrel good. on a stick. I thought it was fish on a stick. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> squirrel is squirrel is the fish of the land. <laughs> when, the, the when you're not by a river, you're like, yeah. this is just land fish. Squirrel on a stick. Perfect. <laughs> Um, but as a part of returning that ring, I think one, um, Jason Nikolai, as a part of Erastel's edicts to like build and connect families, um, throughout the day and throughout your evening, you receive a moderate boon 
of Arastal. Modern. Cool. Nice. Sweet. Yes. Um, sweet, sweet boons. Actually, yeah. And so <laughs> this will allow you to use a longbow in any situation. When you attack with a longbow, you can ignore the volley trait. So big. Oh, mm-hmm. So big. Um, and for a week, uh, whenever you critically fail to subsist, I'm going to give you the minor as well, but just for a week, whenever you roll to a critical failure to subsist, you just get a failure instead. Nice. Nice. Trent, you kept your word. Arthur kept his word. A pledge that pissed off Lucky several times and literally almost TPK'd the whole party. Still yeah. kind of pisses sure. him off. So, Got that fucking <laughs> ring. I don't have... There aren't scripted divine interceptions for either of the gods in your pantheon. Sure. So I'm gonna, there are more gods if you would like, but go on. But what are some of the other gods in that oh, one? Oh, God, I have is, to look is it up, Is in there? Yes. Okay, perfect, because hers seemed kind of the most easily in line. Yep. Um, so here's, here's what I'm going to say. I think that... Uh, this is a small one because I think that it's not a huge deal for you. I think it's a much bigger deal for a rascal to like reunite a family symbology. Yeah, totally. But you're going to get what is essentially the minor boon of Iomade. And you always present yourself at your best. Your clothing and person are always clean and uncrumpled. Hell yes. The metal of your blade and armor shining and unblemished. This doesn't prevent you from being exposed to diseases and other inflection, but it protects you as though you had thoroughly washed this all away regularly. That this makes me so rules. much more annoyed at Arthur. <laughs> you know, all, right? Like the light is just catching my armor now. You're like, yeah. what the hell? It's like you were just that much extra little bit mm. shining because like you did this good thing. And now like your clothes always smell just slightly of lavender. Amazing. I love that a God is like, good on you. And just you know makes what? you extra clean. Tide. Nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cleanliness is. I, I do like the idea, though, that like if a tenant of a god is to display a certain way, it isn't like this is on you. They're like, well, so then as you doing my work, my work shall do through you as well. This, yeah, I love the divine intercessions and curses. Similarly, if either of you fuck around with your god stuff, I can give you boons. I think we've talked about my favorite curse, which is when you piss off Caden Kalee and you get other people's hangovers yeah. for them. Yep. Yep. Which is a curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Truly a nightmare. Yes. Can't imagine what that would be like. All right, so at this point, you have quite a bit of money. And so here's what I'm going to say. I suspect that we'll only make it so much further recording into this day's recording session. So because we're not going to do a shopping episode in a community where there is a one general store, um, and we've already played out a role-playing scene with this the people who run this fucking trading post, um, think about it, make the notes. What I will say is it is, I think it's what 10, it's 10% the value of a rune to move it over or 5% is the transference cost. I'll have to look up. Um, but you can all pay that and you can move all the runes around. I'm going to say that, uh, you have to be at least an expert in crafting. Lucky. Are you such? No, I'm just trained. So I'm going to say that miraculous, because you know, I mean, Oleg is a phenomenal woodworker. I'm going to say that he has somehow magically for the sake of fucking expediency, I'm going to say that Olog ha- happens to have the right proficiencies needed to work on runes Sweet. because I kind of 10%. like that nice. story. It's 10%. Yep. So nice. it's, it's five gold then for a plus one rune to move it over. That's so it's a 50 gold rune. Can we take it out of our credit? Oh, 100%. Like for that Perfect. ring, you have 50 gold in credit with him alone, plus the two writs, which are worth another 70 gold together. Okay. So, so you have four times, right? Because we have four plus so one. That's 20 gold to move everything around. Okay. So take it off there. And that's supposed to take a couple of days um, I think it is supposed to take at least a full day. So I will say it's till tomorrow. I'm going to say it's a full day. He can get it done. I don't, I'm not opposed to us resting more than one day here either. We've been on the road for a while. You guys will take a day or two, but yeah. let's, let's say it's a day or two. It's not long. You're kind of set up here. You're hanging out. You're getting to know, uh, you're getting to know Garrus a little bit. And I'm, 
any of you who are interested, I think him and his men are regularly like they're not his men, like the fellows, like they're probably playing cards. There's always a card game to get on if you're interested. Ari just... definitely wants to like practice fighting with them too. Garrus will probably spar with you. He's pretty yeah. good. He's not great, but he's he's decent. Because yeah, she's definitely wanting to like learn from people too. Well, this is this would be a good opportunity then. So you you have that chance. The two of you are like sparring for a day or so. So what I'll also say is it's it's not a long time. Well, and this is where it's entirely up to you. If you want to go a week, that would be enough time to potentially even get some goods in from rest of. And would be enough time to retrain any skills or abilities you want to before going down. Do you want to spend a week? I, I'm... Nikolai's for that, but I'm willing to listen to everybody else. I mean, there, there isn't a clock. Like, this is a bandit lord who's been yeah. in, <coughs> in yeah. power for months, a year or two. I mean, does does someone does anyone need to retrain? I, I do don't not. really need to. I guess I don't care if it's like he's kind of been in power anyway, and there's no reason to suspect that it's going to like get worse if we let him go on right. for a week. Like, I want to dispatch with him as quickly as possible. I would also say that if you did spend a week, I would hand wave you having enough time potentially to go down and um well we could we could play out you going down to get moon radishes <laughs> i'm not going to hand wave that because there's something there but um i have something i would retrain in but it, it's not essential at the moment so if we'd rather move them fine with that kingmaker is a game oh. in which like downtime is a thing so right. i do need my shield repaired they can do that for yeah, sure Yeah, let's cool. just we'll just take the week and get ready all completely fueled up okay. and then go after the stag lord. Okay. That's fine. So you take a week, you'll I'll have... spend a week you... trying to um, see how much money it would take to get these sellswords to join us in a fight. Mm-hmm. They are contracted on this run right now. I cannot now. pay the contract. No. <laughs> so, but uh, you, you do potentially have a way down south. So you're all set up. What's the... Uh, the week goes by. You spend a week at the trading post. The weather's starting to get warmer. The day's a little longer. You have food. I especially imagine if any of you are willing to like go out and help with like bringing some food in and like gathering stuff. So like Nikolai, if you're willing to go on maybe a hunt a couple of times. I love that. He goes on hunts. He learns how to... He's like really focused on foraging. And I, I think maybe even Garrus will go out with you once or twice just to like get some practice. He'll spar with you during the day. Lucky might go out with you once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of days into that week, Knock Knock shows up. Oh. <laughs> Stay here, Knock Knock. <laughs> so what, um, uh, what's going on with the kobolds, Knock Knock? And I'm, we're not going to go into that whole bit, but like, see, he's like, they're doing good. Things seem to be kind of mellowing out. He describes it in somewhat like insulting ways of like, they're fucking boring and no one wants to do anything. No one's died since you left. You are doing There's a no very good job. There's no way I'm going to become then. a hero. If no one dies. I think Arthur mm-hmm. pens a letter back home and sure. it's like, hey, I haven't heard from you guys at all. Here's everything that's <laughs> happened so far. Uh, I know pretty messed up, but this is all I know. And just kind of, uh, you know. Has it set up so that like the next time there's a run to somewhere where that can be taken to deliver right. to yeah. carrier uh, prairie chicken. That's a, that's a good idea. I'll go down on some of that too. So Mail. you both write a couple of letters to family. I think Ari will also try to <laughs> spar with Arthur or like get Ooh. to know Arthur a little more because she's been like, oh, he's so annoying. But then she's like, well, we're kind of stuck with him. So like maybe we'll try to like be friends. I will say, I want to go back one thing before you, Trent, elaborate on what that might look like. 
since uh, Garrus is like been a, he's been a sellsword and a bounty hunter for a little bit, so I imagine that you're even training some of the maybe future bounty hunter feats, sort of like an amateur one uh, by any means. But I think as you're like, shouldn't have told him my name. <laughs> no, he's, right. he's he's the like guy and he classifies that does odd jobs, sort of bounty hunter. But I think like as you're thinking about where some of your uh, free archetype feats and bounty hunter come from in the future, Jane, like maybe some of it is some things that like as the two of you were training throughout the week staying active but what would training with arthur be like like come on it'll be fun um i i'd like to train whack (laughs) she like hits him with a stick let's go come on whack i think he would like (laughs) shield bash you (laughs) to like really like this is what it's like uh, to fight in okay and like she'll they'll just like fight with each other maybe occasionally she'll like antagonize him a little bit nikolai hands Lucky a copper and says, I got this on the little one. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, uh, Ari will constantly attempt to do her thing and trip Arthur in all of his big clanky armor. <laughs> and I imagine yeah. Arthur's probably not the easy. Well, you're probably you're easier to trip than like to grab. But right. Yeah. So you guys get some good training time in. So a week goes by. A heavy storm passes and uh is it is it time to set out are you gonna yeah, head south so. oh i have some healing potions that i'll we can do offline all right nice um so per that bounty throat later so it doesn't matter <laughs> it's fair per that bounty hunter thing mm-hmm. uh ari before as we're leaving is going to designate the stag lord as her prey Ooh, mm. good pick. Nice. So that means that she can get some bonuses on perception checks when I'm seeking uh, the prey and uh, bonuses to survival checks to track the prey. All right. I'm going to also give you guys two other pieces of little info because you spent a week and you made some connections. This can come from any of you who wanted to have had this conversation with uh, and whoever you got it from. It's your choice. So you know that the Stag Lord's Fort is down near Tuskwater. Remember that lake that I was kind of showing you on the east side of the forest? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's on the west side of the Green Belt, that sort of bigger lake where the rivers were all running down into. Because, you know, all rivers have to run somewhere. And um, it's at the north edge of the Tuskwater is what that lake is called by the, the locals. Now, that does notably mean that you would have to cross the river. And we've talked a little bit about what the fuck's going on with those rivers, right? Is that this little bridge that we came across earlier? The little bridge that uh, mm. you make some checks and you're like, man, if, if a single large thing. So yeah. like, you could go on foot, which would make you take one, two, three, four, five, six days, almost a week of on foot to get down there Okay. Uh, on that bridge. But I'll say, because Olog's been around for a little while, he says he hasn't heard anything about it for ages, and that makes him a little concerned, given everything that's been going on with the Stag Lord. Oh, but there used to be a crossing, um, sort of a little farther up the river from, uh, if you were to go east of the Kobolds' hideout or the Kobolds' place, there used to be a um, a ferry. Hmm that has a crossing there. So he doesn't know what's happened to that. It's He hasn't heard from them in a while, but it's not like he's been going out and, and chatting with folks a lot. So he's like, yeah, I, I don't know what to say there. Um, 
Yeah. There also is potentially a crossing on the river where it's shallow, where the two river, uh, where the river splits and goes to the river that was near the um, Thorn River that you all took bandit camp. And yeah. then the, another tributary, and then a part of that goes south down into, not tributary, but it goes down south into the Tuskwater. So you think there's three ways to cross. There's the bridge that would need a lot of repair work to not collapse under anything more than a person. There's where sort of the river splits and it just gets shallow enough or maybe you could ford it. Or there's an old ferry, but that's an extra, extra like 20 miles to the east out of the way to go over a ferry crossing. So just some things to consider. Okay. Do Are we are we trying to pose as bandits? Is this our... Yeah, so yeah, I this think... This is bandit time. And I also think that we should rough up one of us. Um. And, sh- <laughs> and it should probably be Arthur. Uh-uh. Uh, because something tells me that he's just the one of us the stag lord will hate the most. And... Sure. I actually Classic. like the idea that you try and rough me up and you're like trying to dirty <laughs> me up. God you're trying to dirty me up, but like the mud just seems to just like slip right away. <laughs> I mean, you can still right. tie him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I'm going to say like, you need to let us punch you because we need to look, because... <laughs> you can try. Ari punches Arthur. <laughs> but it's like the the one bandit said, oh, you know, she, the one that we fought that had the two axes, not like the big bad, but the other one at the fire... And the bandit we let go said, oh, she, like, uh, you know, killed a bunch of us to impress the stag lord. And so I think if we're like, oh, we're bandits, we caught these two, you know, and then take them in there and be like, we found, we captured this knight of last wall and we're bringing him to you as a gift to prove that we want to, like, join your little bandit crew. Also booze. Also all this booze. We, he took it. We poison, took it from him. Poison, poison it. Yeah. And then, like, just kind of slip our way in there. Do you have poison? I I have poison. Don't. I have a giant centipede poison. Oh shit, you do. Oh god. I don't think that Arthur is the best option. Why? Because he is going to hate me as soon as he sees me. Arthur? Me. The Stag Oh, Lord. the Stag Lord will hate you? Well, then we'll take you and Arthur. We'll bundle you up together and Lucky and I will pretend to be bandits. I hand Lucky my bow and is like, Please keep this safe, and when the time is right, give it back to me. Well, hold it till we get there. But yeah, yeah, I think that I think that uh, Nikolai and Arthur. I'll boy. stay in my closet and wait for you guys to beat my. And ass. she's gonna talk to Nikolai and be like, "Okay, I know you can't lie, but just selectively <laughs> truth tell, please. Just don't <laughs> say. Stay just don't quiet. say anything. Yeah. Let's bitter if you gag me. I'll lie. For you. <laughs> okay, we'll, well gag him. We we didn't know that about you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Now so, you do. <laughs> for, the sake of, for the sake of moving this towards a, a compelling plot point. Oh, wow. ouch. Wow. He just called you uncompelling. That was really mean. No, I, I'm, I'm, doing all this. I, I'm also, while you're all doing some really wonderful yeah, role playing, me. I'm reading ahead a little on prepping a few different things. Which crossing do you think yeah. you're interested so in? So we need to take a wagon. So. There's the shallow river, there's the ferry, and there's the old bridge. Not Fair, the bridge. Ferry would be great. Yeah, if we can do the ferry, I think that's best. The ferry's an extra day out of the way for you. That's fine. Fine. It's fine. Like I said, this like is we've one of the not first, been in a hurry. This was one adventure I was actually specifically excited to run in second edition because the downtime mechanics in 2E are so cool. And uh, 
There went that person. Yeah, that <laughs> crazy fast long border. <laughs> Came back the other way. They're <laughs> roller skates. He's like, oh, which, is it? Yeah. Which for people oh, listening has been like three weeks now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just really going at it. It's not even a longboard. It's roller oh, skates. I thought it was some like fucking silver surfer out there just cruising. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is, I think, the adventure in which like there is, because we, t- we joked about that sometimes in adventures of like, why don't we take time to heal between like, like why is there this imaginary clock on it? Right. And especially in first edition where you're like, we can do like four fights in a day and we have to sleep for 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fun one because like there's environments in which like you have to blitz through it in sort of one day, but there's so many things which are like, we're going to take a week. Let's make friends. Let's get to know these people. Yeah. And I love the campaign for that so much more. All right. So you kind of know your way down. Um, you can sort of thought you can sort of go back the way you came past uh, the quick, actually the quickest way to that crossing is going to be to sort of go over and take the road across the Rosslyn hinterlands and then cut down sort of boat near Boken's hut, go past the, you don't, you don't have to stop there, but like, yeah, that no, path. We're not. I was the hermit. Oh my God. So weird. Oh, I'm so excited to meet him. <laughs> you actually would probably get along great. <laughs> uh, we should go travel past there this. just us one day. He'd probably love <laughs> to talk about squirrel on a stick. Oh, you can go past. You can, so you'll go over there. You'll go right past the, uh, the spider den. Okay. Past the blackened tree, the stroke tree, and then you can get to the ferry. So that's going to be, you can go one, two, three, it'll be four days travel okay. to get over there. Another half a week or so. When you start rolling up on where Olog told you this ferry, uh, this ferry is. So let's, let's do a little bit of reading, right? I think there's, there's some plot shit here. So, all of you are going to start working your way up to uh, towards this like ferry, this rope bridge sort of deal here. And as you're working your way there, you um, you get to where it obviously the the crossing should be, and you see now this place in in, in Olag told you called it Nettles Crossing. And there's almost nothing there. It's mm. a soggy, abandoned remnant. You see a single, thick, sagging rope hanging across the river. All that remains of, like, once a rope bridge with, like, a, you know, like a ferry that you could have pulled alongside the rope bridge next to it. But all that's left is this single, thick, old rope and you just see a ruined signpost that just barely reads the Nettles Crossing Five Coppers Ring Bell for Service. You can see on the south bank of the river, you're on the north bank, that encroaching vegetation has like already started to grow over what looks like the remnants of a burned down wooden building. No. And on the north side of the river, you just see what's left of this beaten up sign and uh, a rusty bell hanging beneath it. I go over and ring the yeah. bell. <laughs> Wait, seriously? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I'll yeah, I was like, magic all of us want to ring it. this bell. Oh, I have to ring the bell. Um, detect magic. So you ring the bell. <laughs> ding, ding. I, I believe you said the bell was handsome. <laughs> I believe you said the bell. It's, it's rusty. He, want, he wants to detect magic. Is it magical? You detect magic, no magic. Ring, 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 ring. I throw five ring. coppers bring, on bring, the ground. Ring, ring. You throw five coppers in there. <laughs> Ari picks them up and puts them in her pocket. <laughs> well, this service is terrible. I well, mean, 
it's pretty clear that something got burned down. <laughs> Just, did I not make that clear as a GM? Can I do a survival to see if we can like wade across or get across somehow? Yeah, I'll make that. I think What's that's the a, safest that's an open option for sure? Go for it. Open. Yeah. What is it on Oregon Trail? Fording the river. Ford, yes. Ford the river. I played so a decent amount of Oregon Trail not too long mm-hmm. ago. Nice. Yeah. All right. Twenty six. You think that uh, a few of you could like. What's it called when you like put your whole body in the rope and like worm crawl? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, a couple of you could do that across the rope. At a time. Um, but it's certainly not going to help with like the horse or yeah. the carriage. But there's nowhere on the river that we could just cross. You probably ha- you're probably going to have to work your way west to that sort of just like lower, more shallow crossing option now. Yeah. All right, Can we'll we do that. just got to do that. Meander up to this building, see if there's anything. It's the building's on the south side. Oh, so you oh, ha- oh. if you want to, if you want to crawl across the river on the rope to check out the building. Sure. Uh, give me a climb. Why not? Check. I like to climb. I should, should go probably go line. too, because I'm more nimble. Uh, sorry, this is an athletics. Da, 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 you know, uh, athletics check to climb. Yep. Climb's not an own skill anymore. That's a first edition thing. It's fine. I'm fine. We've been playing this game for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of rule changes, you have to make a climb move. It's like a football move. Right. Right. <laughs> um, how's a thirty? It's a critical success. You got a twenty-seven. Plus. That's also a critical. Hell yeah. So you both of you watch the two of them in full plate and even like leather armor or yeah. studded leather. Yeah. Just like. Nikolai's like, oh, to be young again. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolai's not that, not old. that old. How old is Nikolai? Just 17 Just year old. Basically dead. Yeah. So the two of you make it across and you can kind of work your way through. It looks to be a small like house and office. You can see where it's been burned to the ground um, and all that's left of it. Yeah, that's that's it. Hello. Oh, these bandits. Hello. Wrong character. Destroy everything. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Ari's like, ah! <laughs> What's this dwarf doing here? <laughs> um, I will say, at this point, it's, what did I say, it's four days to get over there. Yeah. So it's probably evening on the fourth day. The sun's starting to set while you two are over oh. on the south side of the river. And... What are you two doing on the north side, uh, Lucky and Nikolai? Scouting. Yeah, you start, so you start because you know that these shallow crossings are the west, so right. you can kind of start to scout west a little ways. Yeah. Lucky, you just staying with the stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh, knock, knock did stay behind at the trading post Thank and goodness. was weirdly hitting it off with one of the cell swords. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so I think while you're there, Nikolai. Uh, your per- is it plus seven on perception. Nine. Fuck me. Plus nine. As you're coming back from the river, you're kind of going to the east, you've got the sun behind you and there's like weird reflections on the water. You swear you see something moving under the water in the middle of the river. It's deep. <gasps> Looks like a shadow of something. There's something in the water. You're, you're still a ways away from like, you see, this is... Yeah. Ari's meanwhile like, hey, do you think we should just swim back? Um, no, I, I'm in metal. <laughs> that doesn't rust. <laughs> yeah. True. It looks like it's fine. As you were talking about it, you see the two of you see Nikolai far in the distance, like trying to say something. You can't hear it. The wind's going the wrong way. And you Hi, see Nikolai. something start to break. <laughs> start to break the surface of the river down, oh, down river from you. And you see a head come up out of the water. And then shoulders. Oh. And there's like holes where the cheeks should be as like part of the skin is peeling off. 
as undead. The shape starts climbing onto the surface of the moving river, walking atop it toward the two of you. It's ah. what? It's Jesus. Ah. <laughs> Tune in next week oh. to find out. I shall slay the undead. I'm so scared. This is terrible. <laughs> The Live to Die podcast is a production of Live to Die Gaming. Follow us on social media at Live to Die Pod. Leave a review and tune in next week for more. If you like the amazing background audio and music, all that credit goes to Sirenscape. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com.